Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And welcome to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We're excited to be here to talk to Anthony Nieves, who's the committee chair for the ISM Services Report, which is uh, part of the ISM series that we have been doing since 2013 with the ISM. And we're always excited to have the ISM give us the detail behind the report. You know, the number is interesting. Uh, but it's the detail that drives it. Lou, uh, Anthony will be with us shortly, but this looks like to be a good report. Yeah, it, uh, looking at the numbers, and uh, it's it's impressive. Uh, I mean, there's not much good news out there nowadays in view of uh, uh, you know, supposedly the economy and COVID and uh, politics and the election and uh, mail fraud and you know, just keep on going. I, you know, I could take the next 30 minutes about all the things that are wrong, but this uh, ISM uh, report on uh, services uh, is very encouraging. So. Let's not uh, waste any more time and uh, get the man who makes the report. So, Anthony, welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio again. We're glad to have you on again. And give us kind of a synopsis on this uh, terrific number, and I'll let you share the number with our listeners. Great. Thanks for having me on the show. You know, just to follow up with Lou said, it's kind of where, uh, you know, there's not much positive things happening out there Uh well, I will say this. This report definitely uh, reflects uh, a nice uptick in uh, what's going on in the services sector. And uh, with this, uh, I will say that, you know, granted we're not at pre-pandemic levels, but at 57.8, the composite index is uh, showing some strong growth uh, month over month. It's only up 0.9 percentage points. However, when you look at some of the sub-indexes, you can see really where we've had some growth. Uh, we've had business activity, you know, it's 63%, came in uh, 0.6 percentage points higher uh, month over month. Uh, and then we have new orders at 61.5, up 4.7 percentage points. Uh, nice uh, reading here for employment, 51.8, which kind of goes hand in hand with the uh, jobs report that came out last week, up 3.9 percentage points. And then supplier deliveries continue to slow. Not at the uh, rapid pace of slowing we've seen in prior months. Uh, last month was at 60.5. Now it's at 54.9. It's down 5.6 percentage points, correlating, correlating more to supply demand versus the uh, uh, direct impact from the uh, pandemic. Uh, so looking at these indexes, good reading for the uh, services sector. It's kind of where... Uh, you know, you hate to turn on the news in the morning and get all the gloom and doom to start your day off, but it's nice to uh, be able to uh, draw off of some positives. And, again, I have to emphasize we're measuring change month over month, and we're seeing the economy starting to pick up some momentum as we head into the fourth quarter here, um, which is always positive. There are still many variables up in the air as it relates to, uh, you know, we start having some cold weather and that will impact uh, some of the outside dining that we're seeing. Uh, restaurants uh, had undertaken to kind of increase their revenue. 
uh, we'll see uh, as, as it also affects transportation and, and shipping and the logistics and other capacity um, constraints that uh, we could experience going forward. But overall, um, I still say we're on, a, on the right track here, and hopefully uh, uh, we'll keep this going. Uh, Anthony, I hear everything you're saying. I'm reading all the numbers, your numbers, uh, uh, Tim uh, Fiore's numbers with the ISM uh, manufacturing report. Then I hear little bits and pieces out in the news, you know, recession. I've heard that I count how many times I hear the word recession. (laughs) And this past past weekend, I heard it said three times. And uh, there seems to be some doubt in some quarters that we're not really doing as well as the numbers actually indicate. Uh, Have you run into this at all, or am I just hallucinating? Well, you know, there's there's some... If, if you go back to how I opened up um, the show this morning and said, you know, we're not at pre-pandemic levels, I mean, it's it's a nice it, – it, this beats the alternative, okay? We could be in contraction territory. We're growing, right. but we're not at pre-pandemic levels. Yes, we've added over 800,000 jobs, but there are jobs that will never come back. I mean, we've had business fatality out there, so we're nowhere near where we were at the – uh, we had such low unemployment before the pandemic. We had such high uh, economic uh, benchmarks, and, and the measurement was just so high prior to the pandemic. We're nowhere near that. What we're seeing is growth month over month in a sort of a recovery stage as businesses are starting to reopen and operate. Um, and yet they're at lower capacity levels than they were uh, before. Uh, so, we have to keep all this in mind. The Federal Reserve, uh, the chairman, came out last week and said it would be probably 2023 before we see the economy come back to, uh, you know, fully. Um, and, you know, we need other things to happen. We need the stimulus package to pass. Um, the the positive thing out of that, even though they've been negotiating back and forth and been at an impasse for months, both parties agree we have to help out the individual we also have to help out small businesses, and they need to uh, really get something going in order to ensure that we have, uh, you know, viable businesses going forward to help in this economic recovery and, and you know, try to s- stem off uh, fatalities for businesses out there. What's your thought on uh, this plan uh, to be uh, implemented, passed and implemented by November uh, election day. You know, whether it happens by election day or not, I think it needs to happen in the month of November for sure. Um, if you think back to, uh, and I'll use the payroll protection program as an example, <clears throat> many of these small businesses struggle with cash flow. So it's kind of like kicking the ball down the road, just deferring things um, as, as they've been able to tap into some of the programs that have been made available, like the payroll protection program. That payroll right. protection program was based on two and a half months worth of payroll. Some of these companies that were in the first round, what are they into it, three, four months now? Where are they getting the other money from, especially when their top line's down? Many businesses are down, uh, you know, double-digit percentages, 30%, 40%, even more. So it's a matter of um, getting this, this spark to ignite and to, to get this money back in. I mean, granted, 
I understand, you know, I try to look at things from a dual perspective. We can't continue to print money and expect the economy to recover that way. I mean, we'll wind up with all kinds of ramifications from that. But in the same respect, uh, we can't be uh, trying to be the phoenix rising from the ashes if there's uh, there's nothing left, right? So it's 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 trying to maintain this and and even it, not just the small businesses, the large businesses are suffering. Look at the airline industry; they've been bringing back um, people to work, yet they still had furloughs of you know upwards near twenty thousand people on one of the major carriers. So, um, matter of fact. Excuse me. Matter of fact, Delta, I think, laid off forty-six thousand people. Wow! Wow! It's amazing. Yeah. Over the weekend, uh, I mean, there's, so there's there are good areas, and I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> we uh, there are areas that are expanding, and there are other areas that are questionable, and I'm thinking more in terms on the manufacturing side, um, but. Um, We'll just have to wait and see how this plays out. I'm hearing all kinds of terrible news, and you you just laid that one on us about the economy not getting back to, what did you say, 2023? Well, it's getting back fully and so to where we were and, and the full right. recovery. And, again, that was a that was a projection um, by by the Fed chairman. And, uh, look, they – they they really research everything. They they do a great job uh, mm-hmm. trying to manage um, you know policy for for uh, for the country. So and they have their hands into not only our data and information but many other sources. And so um, they are really trying to uh, s- stimulate things. And so it's it's um, again you have to be careful because. Uh, Gloom and doom tends to be things that go viral right now, and uh, oh, I, I don't want to be coming across as just a consummate optimist, but I'd prefer to be optimistic than pessimistic, and I do believe that um, our country is, is, is has a foundation that will uh, continue to strive towards recovery. I think that um, getting past this pandemic and also um, businesses maintaining uh, viability in the interim uh, so that they can come out of this and 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 move forward. There's some positive things out there. Um, interesting enough that you know consumer spending has increased uh, both in August and September. Uh, housing mm-hmm. sales have increased. Um, consumer sentiment has increased. So as much as we're hearing the gloom and doom of it all, there are still some positives out there. And um, yeah. you know we have to look at it in totality and not just focus on. You know, I hate using the R word. Uh, no, I hate it. You know, it's it's kind of where we uh, and and again, not to not to. I was kind of disappointed coming out of the last recession in the sense that it took so long. We had such slow incremental growth, less than two percent GDP for years, and uh, I was really feeling positive about how, in the last couple of years, the economy is really garnered some strength, and then we just kind of got thrown off the rails. We got derailed with the pandemic, um, and we were able to weather things. And here's another one I don't like to talk about too much, but it's on the forefront of, and it's, it was on the forefront. Now you don't hear much of it, and it impacts your space directly there, Lou, was the trade war, right? We were all talking about the trade war prior to the pandemic and what was going to happen it's with that. It's almost like it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. And we and but, I kept by the saying. Way, I, by the way, I just wanted to state that uh, I, I don't want to give the wrong impression that I was uh, guiding you and the audience towards a, a negative spin, uh, and that some of the comments that you made are uh, uh, taken in that content context. So, uh, just in case you felt as though I, I was leaning too negative. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I'm accustomed to you taking me to task, so I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> Just call me John McLaughlin. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm sorry to, to, to continue. Anthony, I'm just wondering what your respondents are saying and feeling. I know you guys do a great job of picking out some of the leading comments from the respondents to the survey. I wonder if you could share some of those with us and and what those mean. Sure thing. And uh, this one comes from Wholesale Trade, and it's very good sales trend in home improvement product sales, but challenges on market conditions exist like limited ocean capacity from Asia to U.S., delays in port and rails as a result of COVID-19 pandemic impact. So the reason why I picked that one is I remember in the midst of this uh, pandemic, and I took my own personal trip down to the hardware store, and the place was busy. And uh, I was talking to the, the person that was checking me out at the counter, and they said, yeah, we can't keep up with the demand. Everyone is so you know locked in at home, and so they're doing all these home improvement projects to pass the time away. <laughs> So they've had a, you know, the hardware stores have done uh, quite well. Home Depot, I was there last week, uh, not to mention companies specifically. I go to multiple places. Don't take this as a product endorsement. So anyway, uh, (laughs) the uh, the hardware store, let's get generic, get back on track, was quite busy considering. It's like, wow, uh, there's lines, and it was just amazing. Um, this other one uh, comes from professional scientific and technical services, and I'm highlighting this industry because this is the one of the 18 that showed um, uh, contraction when you look at it from uh, uh, the composite index. Co- customer confidence creeping back as a belief in the end, or perhaps taming of COVID-19 increases. However, it comes from a high degree of caution regarding uncertainty in the marketplace and a reluctance to commit. Exploratory conversations are increasing, but hard orders are not. So, again, there's been some dialogue going on in that space um, as companies are reopening and about engagement. And there's a longer cycle time in that industry, per se, than if you look at some of the other more hand-to-mouth type uh, retail industry and whatnot. So, um, when you look at our respondents overall, uh, the businesses that are up and running are, are more optimistic than the ones that are planning to reopen or are just in the initial stages of reopening. And uh, as we've talked about in the past on the show, it is about uh, maximizing uh, capacity and revenues and uh, that we're not near there yet. So, uh Again, uh, some of the other things we talked about, weather is going to be an important factor going forward, uh, both on uh, uh, the supply routes and, and um, the timing of deliveries. And we'll see that expect the, uh, impact deliveries and backlog. Uh, correlating right to that is inventories. We had seen inventories decrease um, for this uh, uh, month at, uh, <clears throat> at 488 
still contracting for the second consecutive month. Part of that has to do with trying to keep up with capacity as demand has increased, um, or I should say the output and, and demand has increased, and coupled with uh, the fiscal period for certain companies uh, and September uh, 30th, and then you have uh, the always concerted effort of trying to keep inventories at a just-in-time level. So that has impacted uh, that particular index. And how about retail trade? I realize that retail, Anthony, is going into foresight, those who are uh, subject to a big season of buying because of the upcoming holidays. Um, It's almost two sides of a coin. You've got those retail businesses that are looking forward to uh, great retail sales, and then you bring up the point about restaurants, and I really hadn't thought about it, in those areas that are going to get chilly in the fourth and first quarter, they could face a serious downturn. And I think they're in the retail section as well, or am I incorrect? Well, I think the biggest challenge we're going to have is whether or not Santa decides he wants to stop by. I think he might just do a flyover and say, you know, you guys don't deserve anything this year. So that's going to affect retail sales. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, I'd like to make a, a comment regarding restaurants, being that I'm here in the northeastern uh, New Jersey, northern New Jersey. Um, they they have this open uh, area where you can sit under a tent or umbrellas or whatever, and uh, 25% capacity in the restaurants themselves. Uh, they all now, this is now October uh, 5, uh, most of them have or are going to be having these uh, uh, gas uh, heaters uh, and uh, in the tents, and three sides of these tents are being closed. They, they have these shades that drop down, and only one side is open. I guess that may be the definition of being, quote, unquote, outside. Uh, so they put the heater by the entrance of the fourth section. So now you have all the heat and the germs all inside, but you are outside. (laughs) But restaurants are doing better. I take it you'll be dining at home, huh, Lou? (laughs) Well, actually, my wife, uh, we've been married 31 years. When the pandemic started, she had cooked 340 meals in 30 years. Uh, and that's a, a true number. We do keep count as a joke. Uh, since pandemic, uh, she broke uh, 450. So in the last six months, uh, she's done you know, almost uh, almost 100 meals. And so yesterday, I bought her a, a gift thanking her, and uh, gift wrapped and all. And it was a, a leaf and snow blower for her to use on our large decks. Who's the real romantic? Yeah, right. The only thing worse, you could have bought her a vacuum or a new washing machine or something. But she has all that. She did not have a snowblower. So boy, oh I, boy. Thought that that, I thought that that could go really bad or not. Yeah, I but think your meal count just it. went down. <clears throat> She's right. She loved it. We plugged it in, charged it up, and instead of her spending 30 minutes sweeping the two large decks that we have, it took, which takes about a half hour, it took her eight minutes 
and she was like, giddy. (laughs) (laughs) Anthony, there's a very uh, interesting comment in this report from the segment that you have expertise in, healthcare and social assistance. Lengthy but informative. I wonder if you could kind of share the highlights of that with our listeners. Sure. You notice I stayed away from that one because it's about three paragraphs long in there. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But I actually, uh, when I was looking at the survey comments, I did extrapolate that one out because, to your point, it did provide a lot of information as it relates to the uh, arena of health care. And, you know, all kidding aside, I don't mind um, uh, reading most of it or paraphrasing it. It's uh, it basically says elective procedures remain at near historic levels, even with the periodic and small uh, coronavirus spikes within the region. Um, the organization is rolling back and approving some, but not all the capital projects. They're starting to regroup for 2021. They have continued to furlough staff in the more administrative roles rather than the clinical roles and shared services. And they're working well in the alternate work environments. And uh, some of this will not return until next year. Their productivity is high, higher than when they were in their offices. Uh, They're starting to see an increase in back orders and rejections from main suppliers, vendors. And um, the end of the year typically brings more discontinuations and catalog consolidations from those same supplier vendors. And on top of the uh, COVID needs, uh, resources are being stretched further again. So it's interesting that, um, uh, and I knew this, that many of the hospitals had either furloughed staff or had given pandemic pay, and there were minimal administrative roles out there, and it was uh, whatever frontline clinicians that were necessary or needed and uh, they're starting to come back as as people are uh, partaking in the uh, elective uh, uh, procedures. So it's uh, kind of what the what has been the case uh, uh, for most of this uh, industry. And certainly that industry is showing up later in the report when you talk about commodities in short supply. That almost all of those relate to healthcare. Yep, healthcare, and we're seeing um, uh, gasoline is in there, even though fuel has been reported down in price, uh, that covers a wider spectrum. But when you look at gasoline specifically, and some of that has to do with the timing issue, uh, lumber continues to be in there, and that has to do with, and that's five months for uh, lumber and lumber products, and that has to do with uh, um, the demand as well as uh, the uh, tariffs uh, that are on lumber products uh, coming out of Canada. Um, and we're seeing um, uh, corn, uh, not corn, uh, corn is in there, but copper as well. Disinfectant supplies also are related to uh, uh, COVID, and uh, labor's in there as well. Um, in short supply, the same thing. We see it usually a duplication. Whatever's up in price tends to be somewhat in short supply as well. Uh, so <clears throat> the the uh, commodities list. Um, has changed a little bit, um, you know. The, as you said, uh, Tim, the uh, PPE stuff has been in there consistently. Um, interesting that that uh, for down in price, we're seeing it was reported up and down in price are masks, PPE masks, uh, not necessarily N95s, but regular masks. So it seems like every company is starting to get into that production. If you notice, it's everyone's into it now. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's good because I see that the N95 mask is still in short supply. I also noticed, and I just want to point out, as I try to do frequently in, in your report, Anthony, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the supplier delivery number is kind of an inverted number. Above 50 means suppliers are struggling to supply. Is that right? Yeah, the deliveries are slowing. And uh, initially out of the pandemic, we had seen that hit an all-time high up in the 70s, which was, you know, was a mitigating circumstance, as we know, that caused the deliveries to slow that much rather than being related to the normal supply and demand issues or weather-related and now we're seeing it get back into uh, the normal range uh, as it correlates more so to supply and demand. And probably the last piece of this puzzle, um, Anthony, are exports and imports. And those, while you know one is contracting and one is growing, still pretty solid activity in that area. Uh, definitely. And uh, we've seen the, the imports... Um, go back and forth on the uh, uh, contraction and expansion, but it has to do with um, less demand uh, on we have more domestic uh, supply sources as well as uh, alternate supply routes that we normally were coming out of Asia. Um, And uh, also uh, the demand is definitely down from uh, what it was uh, several months ago. Exports uh, continues. Uh, We see that exports now for uh, the second month in a row have uh, increased, which is nice. And most of that is in this sector has to do with uh, knowledge management, information, the professional scientific technical services, management of companies and support services, uh, that type of thing. So that's not hard product that you're talking about for exports primarily? No, no. And, uh, which is less impacted by the fluctuation uh, of the exchange rate as well. Um, mm-hmm. So you see that more uh, correlated to um, uh, tangible goods, to your point. Right, right. Okay. Well, Anthony, I wonder if you could kind of wrap up this report for us and give us a sense of what you think you're going to see or what the this industry sector is going to see over the next month or so? Well, as I break out my crystal ball and I look for mystic powers to guide us going forward here, um, it's in in all seriousness, I think that what we've seen is as we've been on this path um, of economic recovery, and it's a long road to to still travel, so it's not like we're months away, as uh, mentioned earlier, it could be years away, and that yet uh, this beats the alternative as we're we're moving forward in a a growth pattern, and uh, it looks like we'll continue to stay on that path of growth. I don't know if we'll be at this high level of growth that we've seen, this growth rate. Um, I think that it will pull back. I expected it to pull back a little bit this month, but... uh, I was pleasantly surprised as it continued on a, on a strong rate of growth. As weather comes into play, um, we'll also see a little bit in the uh, that that'll stymie uh, the rate of growth. I feel, but yet, um, as these businesses have become creative in trying to reopen 
and to work within the uh, standards of protocol uh, to keep people safe as they reopen. Uh, hopefully, they'll uh, get more towards, uh, uh, you know, striving towards their normal capacity levels. So, in a nutshell, we'll stay on this path of growth, uh, and we'll uh, we'll hopefully uh, see some positives uh, continue going forward. And in the event that the, the pandemic and the uh, spike, uh, or I should say the numbers, uh, either decrease, level off, or a vaccine comes out. These are some things that uh, will uh, hopefully shorten that length of time uh, for the recovery of the economy. Uh, Anthony, I, I have a sort of a loaded question, which I don't normally do. Uh <clears throat> And I, and I don't really want to get into a political discussion because there's no room for it really on our show. But uh, we are having an election in about four weeks or a little less. Uh, how do you feel as though this is going to impact uh, the services uh, business climate Depend either way? That's a great question, <clears throat> and um, I think that regardless of the outcome of the election, that the country is still going to maintain uh, this path of growth and economic recovery. Um, you know, putting aside policies and you know which administration is leading the charge, I think that. Um, as a country, we've always been resilient, um, and you know, not to get into the nationalistic rah-rah, but I think that um, uh, we're on this path, and um, regardless of policy and everything else, that uh, the the main focus is as we get past the pandemic and get to some level of normalcy, um, and we'll still continue to see growth. At what rate? That could be the determining factor, depending on who's in charge and, and what policies are put forth, um, either accelerate or decrease the rate of growth, who knows. But I don't foresee us not continuing on a, on this path of recovery regardless. Uh, you know, the country is very divisive right now, and, um, <clears throat> you know, putting in the whole mix of the political uh, differences and the social unrest, the civil unrest, the social injustice and civil unrest and everything else that's come to the forefront of the headlines right now. Um, I think if we can, again, get this uh, pandemic under control and move forward and, and get on this right path, uh, we'll, be, we'll be in good shape going forward. Well, that's a hell of a quote you just made there. <laughs> well, it was kind of, like... and, I, and I don't, and I don't take dictation. So, uh, the, uh, the what I'm gathering from it is that, uh, as far as you're concerned, uh, the likelihood of the election having a negative impact on the uh, services side uh, should not uh, be necessarily negative, and growth will continue. Yes, and I, I kind of take lesson from the EPA. Your mileage may vary. Right. <laughs> right. Depending uh, and, on how the and, driver is driving. <laughs> right. That was that was probably the second greatest lie ever told. <laughs> <laughs> About mileage. 
Uh, well, Anthony, uh, we really appreciate you being on with us. The Services ISM Report on Business Series that the ISM has cooperated with us on since 2013. I want to encourage our listeners, if you are not involved with the ISM and your supply chain people are not involved with the ISM, they really need to be. This is a top-notch organization that provides excellent information and training programs and certification programs. Uh, I encourage you to check them out at instituteforsupplymanagement.org. And, Anthony, again, thank you for being with us. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a great day. Thank Thank you, Anthony. Be well. And we've been speaking with Anthony Nieves, who is the committee chair for the Services ISM Report on Business. And that's uh, always uh, reports that we follow up on with uh, Anthony after we speak with Tim Fiore and the Manufacturing ISM Report on Business. Both go into great depth exclusively on Manufacturing Talk Radio. If you'd like to find out more, go to jacketmediaco.com, and you can find Manufacturing Talk Radio there, along with our other podcasts, including the WAM podcast about women in manufacturing and business, Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, who talks about manufacturing and the economy. Where's Willie with William Miller traveling the country and talking to us from factory floors. Hazard Girls, which talks about women in unusual roles in industry. And full-time with Amy Nicholas speaking on the delicate work-life balance. And as always, thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at msgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.